with you, man, ain't no joke. Remember me and my cousin used to sit up on the phone to talk about when we get older, now we up. I was about to cut her right before the Andre verse, but that would be so disrespectful. I had to let her rock. I had to let her rock. Got to. Got to. Appreciate I had to you, let bro. her rock. Especially on the hey, 20th anniversary of Stanktonia. This man brought facts to back. The motherfucking stack. <laughs> this shit is crazy. Uh, uh, we here with it, Pippin. We here all the way live. Yes, it is. Indeed. Couldn't be nothing else. Rocking Couldn't like this. Couldn't be nothing else. Bro, I realize you have a podcast voice. <laughs> you've, uh, def- you've definitely got a podcast voice, bro. I, I slip out of it as soon as I get excited. About <laughs> as soon as it's definitely. time for revolution, as soon as it's time to really talk about what, like, oh, getting this stuff cracking, it, it go, all that goes away. Yeah, you know for saying? sure. For sure. It starts off real soiree. Like, this is Miles yeah. Xavier coming into you from the All The Way Live podcast. How you doing? Ladies, get your cocoa butter. Gentlemen, get your cognac. <laughs> hey bro yeah that go from late night jazz hour to fred hampton on the block real quick <laughs> really quick the switch up transition isn't very smooth either mm. we getting now we're gonna work on a crossfade <laughs> bro crossfade. we here again we're here again it's the all the way live podcast listen man i don't even want to waste time with it no pre-production coming straight in with it i'm gonna start off shooting if you don't mind sir Hey, bro. Hey, bro. As long as you ain't shooting at me, I'm shooting. If you don't mind, I perfect. Who we the- Where we shooting? Point me I'm- in the direction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked, because who we shooting at, my G, is everybody that's tuning in to the All the Way Live podcast. This is your boys, Ray Gila, Miles Xavier. Nigga, that was almost closer. You see, I always, I always gauge. How this podcast is gonna go by that first alley-oop. I throw that, and I just see where we how we, how you dunk it. Hey, hey, that was that was late. That was a that was a reach back, but I slammed it though. You know, a dramatic effect. I, I reached for exactly, exactly. <laughs> and here we are. Here we are. Hey man, listen, all the way live podcast. Thank you everybody for joining us. I see our views are slightly going up, which means to me, and also followers are going up, which means that you know, whether it's one person, 10 people, 15 people, a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people. Thank you, thank you for joining us. We appreciate that. All your ears thoroughly appreciated. This is nothing more than a conversation between two brothers, two best friends, about to chop it up, break it down on the black life and our black experience. <laughs> because that's what this podcast always ends up talking to is the black experience. So, you know, we we here. We here, my G. Yeah, Episodes. I ain't experienced nothing else. Everything I done experienced have been black, God damn it. Episode no. seven. We've been wore the black, uh, the matching black sweaters today to match. Mm-hmm. Black on black. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe. Wardrobe. This was totally coordinated, by the way. Miles' bucket hat is joining in the second half of this podcast. <laughs> Damn. Nah, I don't know if I can give him the. I don't know if I can give him that one, bro. That's a that's a certain look. That bucket hat only comes out at certain times, bro. You it's when you're in pure foolery. Pure foolery. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I appreciate the I appreciate the energy you bring in, dog man. It's good to be here with you, dude. It's good to be here with you. Likewise. What on this energy, dude. Tell us, tell us what brought you here in this state. What brought what brought us this jazz? What brought us George <laughs> Buckethead's way? Listen, man. Listen. I think again, there's no faking the fact that at the end, I. I'm so excited to be able to end my week with speaking to you. There's no fact that 
there's no way that I can lie about that being such an exciting part of my day, man. And anytime we get to come here, chop it up, listen to, you know, somebody be like, yo, I checked you and your boy out on your podcast. I heard you guys were saying that stuff brings me so much energy to know we have people listening, man. That just, you know, I just feel only right to, to share this bucket hat outcast energy with people. Hey man. Hey man. All right. Well, I, well, I appreciate it. You, you, you just, you, you vibrating with it. You know what I'm saying? You are exuding it and you know, it's just hey. radiating it. And that's hey. what's up, bro. I see you radiating like, on boy, your side. Joy. I see you radiating on, on your side too, but brother, tell me what's, what's lighting up those walls on your side. Ah, uh, different colors, bro. Chilling, watching the leaves turn out these windows, man. You know, it is November 1st, bro. And I do not know how, you know, bro. this bro. is crazy. It's time flies. I saw, I saw a meme that said October came in, showed his face, grabbed a plate and dipped out. <laughs> I didn't even say hi to nobody. Yeah. Major facts. Maybe gave one hug to grandma. You know what I'm saying? But like, right yeah, man, it was, it's crazy. So I feel like, you know, I'm just trying to get a hold of this thing here called time, bro. You know, end the year on a solid note. But um, man, you know, did the little, the Halloween thing. It was cool. You know, for Who the kids. For Halloween? For the kids. I didn't dress up. I got to, I got to uh, skirt around dressing up by dressing up the trunk for my car. So we did a trunk or treat party for the kids. Ooh. Um, my cars, my car's theme was Black Panther. So you know Naturally. I went crazy. You know I went crazy. Yeah, the decorations were like dope. You know what I'm saying? We had all types of glow sticks in there. It was glowing. I had the heart-shaped herb that was in there. <laughs> I had all types of stuff going on. You know what I'm saying? The mask, everything. So it was looking right. Um, and I didn't, I didn't dress up. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. So the kids came by, you know what I'm saying? Got to hand them out candy all outside, all kind of spread out and stuff like that. Different waves, you know what I'm saying? People didn't feel like they had to, like, you know, have a whole bunch of people coming to their house, right, to their door. So, you yeah. know, it was cool to be able to do uh, a little something and to participate in Halloween, you know, in the hood in a different way. So that was cool. Um, I, I want to ask you on that, actually. Yeah. Like, what was it like doing Halloween in the hood during COVID? Like, because you we're, we're Halloween people, you feel me? We celebrate, so... What was that like? It was cool, man. It was cool because you gotta th you gotta remember Halloween in the hood when it's not COVID can get a little crazy in certain <laughs> spots, right? You know what I mean? So like, and there's a there's a conscious effort by different like community organizations to like be prepared for that and to provide different options and different like supervision, which you know is a different issue in itself. Um, but yeah, Halloween is definitely like a a crazy time when it's not COVID. So it was kind of sad for the younger folks, like the little, little kids that like, mm -hmm. you know, it's different. There were different rules and stipulations around your like trick or treating and stuff, but it was dope that, you know, I know I, we weren't the only organization that did a trunk party. I know there was a whole bunch of them, a whole bunch of different types of Halloween type events. Yeah. Awesome. People doing different stuff on Snapchat, outdoor type stuff. So it was cool to just be able to contribute, man. The kids, you know, of course, in the hood, you're going to have a few little kids dressed up as Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? Naturally. So pulling up, like, that was dope. You know what I'm saying? Hitting them with the Wakanda forever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Giving That's, beautiful. That's beautiful. That's yeah, beautiful, man. That's look. beautiful. Now I feel bad for being a slutty Andre 3000. <laughs> Is that, 
Ah, is that what's happening? Is that what's happening that's what's right happening. now? That's what's happening right now. I'm still a slutty Andre 3000. I don't know if what you know What makes this. you slutty? Just being Andre 3000. Have you, see, have you seen the picture? Hold damn, computer froze up on that one. See, that was the question. <laughs> have you seen the like, Andre 3000 outfit? You got to tell me. Oh, did you do the, that damn overall thing? Nah, B, I, you, you got to see this. This podcast cannot continue until you see this. If you got your phone, go to No Monday's Instagram and you got to see the outfit. Then you'll, then all of this makes sense is what it is. <laughs> then all of it makes why sense. Did you wanna, why did you want to be, what made you want to be slutty, Andre 3000? You see, and I think it's wrong that I why, even what, said. What made, you, what made you think of Andre 3000 and then be like, not enough. Let me put some sauce on it. What type of sauce you ask? <laughs> this guy nah so essentially and let me not even preface it with the word slutty i was just andre 3000 who by himself i think is a sex symbol at his time so back fact, now, nigga. i'm just being a sex symbol bro i'm looking for it is it on her story yeah it's on her story you'll see it you'll see it in all, in all honesty i'm being a sex symbol which is why also i brought in and started with the outcast thing you know I started with the whole outcasting and it took me down a whole memory path of outcast and great rappers. Like being able to listen to Andre 3000. Nigga, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was trying to talk no, over it. No, I was trying to yeah. talk over it. No, no, you're not about to, you're not about to try to politicize this I was trying to right talk here. over it. This, man, this is, what was you saying? Talk that dignified talk. Let me show the people what we're looking at, <laughs> dude. And so when I think of, <laughs> yeah, nah, fam, yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about right now. Oh yeah, Hold dude, on, that man. was so much fun, man. Real talk. That I gotta was run just... that back even one time for the people, man. Look at what we. <laughs> Hold up, because they gotta get that first little. Hold on, man. They gotta get this right here. <laughs> the, Oh, nigga, that's so cold, though. That's so cold, though. But but before you start hating, before you start hating, ask yourself. I'm not hating, nigga. I just showed the people exhibit A. That's all I did. I'm just, I'm just, that's just the evidence. It is what it is. Isn't you, what did you say? Wasn't you clean? Wasn't I clean, though? Ask yourself, before you start hating, wasn't I clean, though? Hey, man, that was so much fun. Sister organized a whole party around it, man. Um, just being able to be with family, celebrate. I think like in my, as I grow older, and I think a big part of that is the influence that you have, is I, I enjoy celebrating things now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a celebrator. Yeah, man. Mm. You know, this is, this, is, this is my time of year. And it's, and it's you know, kind of sad to have to do it this way, right? Like to not, to be so concerned or like even you know reaching out to like my grandma my aunts my cousins and being like hey so thanksgiving's coming up but how many of us are gonna be like good like taking account of all the different like you know peripheral engagements with covid that like people have had over like the last few months and stuff like that bro it's just like man it's tough to it's tough to be facing the holidays like that as somebody who really loves like like, I don't, I'm like, man, I don't care about no thanks, like the story of Thanksgiving or whatever, that whatever that crap they sold us about the Native yeah. Americans sitting down with the, uh, Columbus and them. Columbus, Columbus, Columbus and his boys. <laughs> Columbus, 
Thompson. Listen, like, dude, I, was, I wasn't there, but I can promise you that's not how that story went. <laughs> that's exactly how that story went. And that's what I'm saying. They told us some bullshit. They told us some bullshit. The story they told us went Columbus and them sat down with the uh, Native Americans and they exchanged goods and it was they had a pleasant meal to commemorate their peaceful... And there we can stop nothing. right there because no, that, that, that's, there that's was nothing peaceful that about that. It's not what happened, right? So I don't care about nothing about that crap. But like, I do like, as a black man, the elders in my family having everybody get together to make the best food like that everybody possibly can. <laughs> like, yeah, bro, that people throw down on Thanksgiving just for just because everybody's coming around and it's a good time to like be with family. Like, and I am hundred percent for that right so that would be an interesting idea it's like not to cut you but like that'll be an interesting way of like taking away the columbus aspect out of out of thanksgiving and that's what thanksgiving should be just a cook-off the 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 celebration of family cook-offs yeah thanks mom you be throwing down and grandma thank you you be throwing down damn (laughs) it's the throwdown dude and like, yeah, and it should, and we could even make it take advantage of it as an opportunity to say like, nah, everybody gonna cook something. You know, we gonna break down them different like rolls and shit like that. The dad, you gonna have to hook some up, put a grill out. You gonna get down to, and I'm and lots of different families do do that. You know what I'm saying on lots yeah. of different holidays, right? But like, yeah, let's normalize cooking together and make that the focus. But yeah, I mess with that, and it's difficult, like you know, in this context of like being worried, checking the numbers, like week to week, thinking like. How feasible and responsible is it going to be for me to gather together with my loved ones and like how many of us? Because like usually it'd be a whole, it'd be a house full of us, bro. We'd be I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like it'd be folding chairs all throughout the hallways. It'd be like we'd be like we all get together. So um, I was there. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough to be. It's tough to think about you know what that's going to look like now. But um, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what. I wonder what this new wave that's coming into the U.S. and in Europe, how that's going to, you know, how are we going to react to that socially? Because it seems that there's a second wave of, regardless of what your stance is on the virus, then what it seems to be and what is reported is that the numbers are going up at, at this particular time. And so we've seen countries like Germany, Spain, France, Germany in particular, imposed some restrictions and lockdown laws that are more stringent than the first wave came in. You're seeing UK announcing that in a day it's going to go into a full lockdown too. Um, so the reality of being back where we were is not far out, you know? And I wonder what, how the US is going to respond to that, especially during an election. <laughs> we're talking about something very, very real. And we're, we're on a roll, too, before we got cut. Yeah, we were talking about um, holidays in the context of COVID. Um, All right, hold on. Pause. Pause, pause. So we're going to edit this part out because I want to just catch that bitch running off the backboard. You feel me? I don't want to inbound the shit. going to catch it with the COVID shit, wrap it up with the COVID shit, and then toss it for the nigga. Don't look at me like that. Help me, coach. <laughs> <the fuck? laughs> why? Why you, nigga? Call the timeout. <laughs> Looked at everybody else on the team. Like, what, the... <laughs> what plan y'all got? <laughs> what plan y'all got? 
Come on, man. We rolling. I no guess we're rolling. I guess no, we're I'll here. I'll take guys. us back in this ditch, guys. <laughs> Three, two, and we back. And we, <laughs> we back. back. Listen, we back. Listen, COVID listen, in a nutshell. Listen. It's crazy. I remember what I was asking you. <laughs> All right, go ahead, champ. Bring it up the court. Bring it up the court, Westbrook. <laughs> Don't do that. Because you know I'm going to throw a brick. Come on, LeBron James. <laughs> Slow this offense down. Slow this offense down. Everybody find a spot. Hey, listen. <laughs> listen. Look. Listen to us. We love y'all. You see us working it out. You see us. You see us. We appreciate y'all and y'all patience. Look, we were just talking about COVID, wrapping up how it can be tough in the holidays, but we still optimistic about it. You know what I'm saying? Yesterday, Indeed. even though it was motherfucking COVID, I was still able to watch my Halloween movies, cook up some lemon pepper wet. Lemon pepper wet. It's important. Hook them up. Them wings, it was fire. You know what I'm saying? Chilling, watching all the black horror movies. If you didn't go see Bad Hair, if you didn't go see Antebellum, I'm not saying they're great, but they're black. Keep the collection next Halloween, goddammit. Um, That's the same logic you pick your black restaurants with, and it concerns me. I'll tell you that. Hey, yes, it is. But <laughs> also, you're bound to have some experiences at no matter what restaurants you go to sometimes. And if you go to a black restaurant, you're bound to have some amazing, delicious experiences, even if you have sometimes a longer wait experience or a different wait <laughs> It gives you a time to take in some of the ambiance, take in the accoutrements, and take in the, the environment, really. Take in the company. I remember the last time I had an extenuating long wait at a restaurant whose it was important to, it was important to me to patronize. I was with all of my best friends. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's right. That's right. Listen. I, in all, in all honesty, I think the point that I was concluding on is I was still, I, and I still am very eager to hear what you feel is going to be the U.S.'s, you, you know, America's reaction with what is an increase in cases. And we've seen other countries, um, UK in particular, like where I mentioned that is just about to close now, which is, you know, a very... A, in comparison, a large enough country. How, how do you feel about, or let me rather ask, what are your expectations on what is to come in this, in these next couple of months on your side? Well, I think this on this end, it very much has to, it'll depend on what happens on the third. So in two days, it will be, we'll start counting up, tallying up uh, the election votes. And We'll see what it's looking like. I think if it turns out that uh, Biden and Harris win, then I think we will see an, at least um, an alignment between our government stance and the scientific community. I think if Trump wins, then we'll have more of the same where he and his camp will do whatever they can to diminish the significance of COVID to protect his reputation and to protect, you know, perception of his handling of it, right? And that's, I mean, that's how it'll, that's how it'll play out if, if that transition of power happens. But yeah, I think it'll depend a lot on, a lot on the election. Hopefully, unfortunately, I think a lot of people have know somebody who has gotten sick. And so even if those people didn't believe necessarily beforehand like unfortunately a lot of us have a more personal story 
And so hopefully this winter, people will be more careful, um, even if it's for that unfortunate reason for some folks. Luckily, for the winter, it might help that in cold places like Chicago, people generally aren't as mobile and a lot of people already working from home. So that could help a bit. But yeah, it is definitely very concerning. And the weird thing about this whole pandemic, bro, is the fact that there's that everyone has it's possible for people to have had such a different experience with this thing. You know, some people have I've had family members that. Um, have gotten very close to the brink. I know people that have passed away from it. And then on the other end, I know people that have no experience with it whatsoever and are completely apathetic about the whole thing. So it's very interesting in the sense that it's it's, it's interesting the way different people ex- have experienced it. You know, the, each person's experience about it is very interesting. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that demonstrates like... Uh in over the past decade how everybody's like what's called consensus reality is like different now like we don't have that very much anymore right like so there were a few facts and a few like just fundamental pillars of that kind of defined like where we were in in space and time and what was important on a large scale like um and I think as people started to like descent towards climate change and like on like the extreme end, you have like people who are flat earthers, right? Like you have people who, you know, disagree with things that are basically scientifically proven. And those people have platforms and continue to proliferate ideas where it's hard for us to be it's hard for us to move forward because we don't have that consensus on mm. what is real. Yeah. So, and, it, and it's, and it's diluted and polluted by fake news and news media and fear mongering and all of those things tend to, they really tend to spin into a ball where it's very difficult to really understand what is the truth and which way to look like everyone's reality can be different because the internet has just become a cave of, a cave of echo chambers really where anywhere you want to go to validate whatever it is you're feeling or thinking, you can find those circles that can do that. And if, even if those circles are completely ludicrous, there is space for that to be validated almost to an extent, rather factually, even if those facts aren't, even if the way that that information is presented isn't, you know, it seems factual, even if it's false. So on, on, especially here in Africa, it's very difficult because fake news spreads so quickly um a lot of news actually spread a lot of fake news spreads on whatsapp and like as principal i'm just like <laughs> and it's old people like mom i don't i don't think this is real at all like where are you finding this information from but that's a a reality of how fake news spreads is she posting articles or like pictures just like headlines or uh it's yeah man it's always just shoddy information a lot of the times it's just typed up dude <laughs> sometimes go ahead go ahead handle that like what it's like right in the camera too damn we couldn't get more the camera if you aimed <laughs> there you go that's perfect cool as Boom. you were saying yeah so a lot of the times the fake news is just typed up or whatever you know i remember one time my mother sent me this what was clearly a pyramid scheme you know it was a system where you take money 
and then four other people you send money and there's four other people sending money as well and then every fourth week all that money is going to go to you but when you first give the money you don't get so i was like hey, yo yo this is the most hmm. scammiest scammiest thing no I've no what well, we got to do is recruit more people that <laughs> you people that also get the money eventually when they get more people so like so you know all i really got to do is start setting it up it's like as i got to get some people to get some people and i'm good and i'm good listen you hate but we we both got caught up in the Vima scam. I told you day one, I was like, hey, Pimper, listen, I don't know much about much, but I can tell you a scam when I see one. Yeah, no, I remember that. I was like, yeah, my, yeah, one of my cousins was like, we, while we were visiting them, we sat through the presentation and like, I came back with a whole bunch of like the soda and shit like that. It was like, I was like, oh shit. Like I just like sell this shit. And then People who had heard of it before were like, oh, shit. Like, do you sell it? I was like, no, I got it for my cousin. And they were like, oh, that's like that's like a pyramid scheme, dude. And I remember specifically one time when times got rough and I was sitting with all y'all and I was like, dude, we can sell this beaver shit. I heard about this thing for my cousin. Everybody was like, that's a pyramid scheme, dude. And I was like, <laughs> I told you. Do you remember what I said to you when you brought me to it? I didn't bring you. I didn't try to bring anybody into it. No, no, no. You're like, hey, bro, listen, this is this is dude. He wants to do a video call. He wants to do a voice call, whatever. Sit with him and speak. All to say, um, I remember when my mother first introduced me to Vima. Damn, my mother didn't get been on this game yet. <laughs> she introduced me to Vima. And immediately I said it was a scam. And I spoke to the dude that was trying to do the thing. Not a scam, but I was like, bro, this. This doesn't make sense. The way that you guys are organizing this is clearly in a pyramid. And the scheme of this pyramid just puts me at the bottom rung immediately. And I don't think that's a fair way of being able to place people. That doesn't make any sense. Those, those kids that were driving around with these beamers with the Vima things come to find that those things are, you know, it's just marketing campaigns. But you just got to be wary in finding that stuff out. Yeah, man. Got to be. Critical thinking skills are important for sure. There's no such thing as fast money. Like, it's just not a thing, bro. Like, it's I mean, well, thing. it is without high risk. There's no such thing without as fast money without high risk. For sure. And I've shared my scamming story on this podcast already before. You know, the, the streets know about the bands that I lost. So as I am particularly sensitive about that type of stuff, I, I refuse to get scammed again for any other reason. Yeah, I niggas can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> that would I am one scam away from my entire life changing. <laughs> I'm one bad investment away. Yeah, that's exactly what the scammers think, dude. That's you're on the opposite side of the mirror. They are one your investment away from their life changing. <laughs> For sure, dude. For sure. And they won't stop at anything. What's scary, G, is the fact that it seems as though the internet has made this so much more of a of a terrifying place. And we've spoken about this before, too. The internet makes what? The what internet. Place? Yeah, just the sense of how vulnerable we are to cyber attacks, to scams, to having our information taken already. I'm sure it already has been. You know, it's, it's way too easy. And the systems that are supposed to be put there to protect us are, way, are very easily passable. I mean, yeah, I, I think when you think about how much like there is to know about the internet and how to navigate it and how to 
like we most of us right the vast majority of people even those of us who are pretty like tech savvy right are very surface level with the internet right in terms of what you can do in terms of even access to like uh what's it called the the dark web and stuff like that like most of most users like aren't on that level right and all it really takes is like to even scroll through reddit for a little bit to realize like oh people are operating on the internet at an entirely different level than yeah you know the average user so yeah it's it's it is scary and you're you're kind of at the mercy of right whatever whatever shiny silver yearly phone god computer god you pray to right whether that's apple whether that's microsoft whether that's phone Samsung. god you pray to i like that hey, i like bro. that phone gods yeah big facts you know what i mean so like whichever one of those you put you and it's really interesting to see people get so like protective over like Android is better than or like iPhone is better, right? Because yeah. when you really start to like break it down, it's pretty much the same thing. You're locked into the same deals. You have like a lot of, you know, Android is a little bit more like flexible, but it's like it's like Android is like driving stick, right? You know what I mean? And for a long time, like only the best cars, meaning a lot of only the best apps and best features were available if you were wanted an Android to like drive stick. Now, it's a lot easier to navigate and just to use an iPhone, right, which is just like having an automatic transmission. You put that yeah. mug and drive and you go. You hit call, you hit internet, you hit Instagram, you hit Facebook, you go, right? So it's, it's but, every, but you're locked into the same, your information goes to, phew, your stuff is in the cloud, they're holding on to it. The police are yeah. really at their door legally trying to figure out like, y'all gonna let us have this when somebody gets accused of something, right? When we say, Y'all gonna open this up, right? And they're fighting those battles in the course right now. Like, but we've relinquished control, G. Every time you get a new phone, every time you get that software yeah. update, you hit accept, you relinquish all control of that. We've relinquished control to the point that you cannot stop your stuff from updating. You ever tried? You ever tried to be like, you know what? I'm cool with the software Duh. I'm at. It does everything I needed to do. Duh. I don't want it to update. You can't. Remind me later. I said remind me later. I <laughs> said, remind, remind me, me never is not an option. Remind, remind me never is not an option. Never option, bro. And Gee. yo, your phone will sh your phone will sh shut down if you keep saying remind me later, and it will it will at some point when your stuff is charged up, it will say it will realize it will say nope. Yeah, nope. <laughs> Automatic We're, update. We got no control. We got no control. You gave it. We gave it all away. You gave your thumbprints away. You gave your face <laughs> away. You gave your voice away. You gave, your it, interests. you gave it all away. Your speaks of your speech patterns. Yep. Everything you look at, your sexual habits, you gave it all away. It's all gone. They got it. Sexual oh, habits. Well. And I was gonna even take it a uh a, a bit deeper, you know, because I found it very fascinating when you said phone gods, right? It's almost in the same way that people protect their religion to an extent. And if you subscribe to the concept of Google being, you know, the new god if you will, in the sense that it's omnipresent, in the sense that it's all-knowing, in the sense that it, it is, um, you know, it's an entity and a deity and it can lead you to many different things and it has the answers, all that type of thing. You know, it's very easy to subscribe to the concept of like this being our, our, new, our new God, you know? And so like people arguing about which phone is better is also reminiscent to people arguing about like relig which religion is better because all at the end of the day, it serves the same purpose, bro. Somebody came here, allegedly, you know, all religions is, listen, there was someone here who knew more than we did and he said, do this and that's the way. And it's like, yo, all religions are trying to achieve that same purpose, you feel me? Yeah, and I think, 
I mean, access to information is key, right? And I think whether consciously or subconsciously, everybody wants that as fast as possible, as quick as possible. To, everybody wants to be, you know, the fastest information, the fastest sharing my lifestyle, the fastest, you know, the quickest, cleanest, sharpest, yeah. most believable, best version of themselves online digitally. And they, they want the tools to do that. And so, you know, you lock in and you, and you, invest really in in, in mm. this digital self and in you know the convenience and how that digital self interacts with your real self you know you live and a lot of us live and wake up by alarms on our phones right that you know your digital self telling you to wake up you know it's not the it's not daytime in your area and your melatonin in your brain the light nah. woke you up not for most of us anymore you know so yeah we are tapped in and locked in and and I think, yeah, I think to out like an outside observer, right? A Twilight Zone episode. If you came and visited the planet, you know, like 600 years ago and looked at, you know, all the religious wars that you're seeing going on, and then you come back and look 200 years ago and then come back now, you would, yeah, you would think that Google and, you know, Microsoft and all these companies were oh, the gods. very much involved, yeah, in our, in, in our new gods. You know, we walk around with icons in our pockets and on our t shirts at all times. What do you think your your internet version of yourself is like who's the internet version horny of as shit nigga i don't train my my personality doesn't train nah pip horny as shit dude yo it's all it's all porn why you put why you why you trying to start these narratives bro if you if you knew how long i was working to get that joke in my head as you were talking about your digital self Oh, so it's not? Is that what you're gonna say? No, you're gonna say it's not. I bet. Cool. <laughs> cool. How would that? How would that? I mean, like, I, yeah. I guess. I guess if you, if, I guess if you looked at everything that I do online, like, yeah, porn is consistent. <laughs> since I've I mean, but, I guess if you like take me as who I am online, then yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I don't know how we keep working porn and masturbation into every single episode but hey we're not doing that don't call it by name <laughs> don't call it out by name hey bro this is it's mental, I'm off. bro that's real like not even mental that's real life talk like that's a that's a reality for like yeah. that's not something that doesn't happen that's the real thing but the, yeah, the concept but, well go ahead go ahead well now since we brought up my <laughs> since i brought you asked me about my digital self and then told me it was porn let me <laughs> Let me clarify a little bit. <laughs> Let's not skip over that, so it's what I'm saying. I think for yeah, I think for some people that's probably that's like a huge part of their footprint. For me, I don't know what it says about me that like when I want to look at porn, I don't I don't care what it you know what I mean? I'm happy mm. to choose from like the thumbnails that are available on like the front page of whatever porn site I'm looking at. Like I don't really have a porn cocktail myself. Mm -hmm. Um like I have like if I if you know, if for some reason I really wanna bust this nut. Go, go ahead, like, brother. I'm pack I'm pack busting enough for us. Go hey bro, hey bro. <laughs> like big facts, like for real. Like if I really want to do that, like then I'll like start to search things. But like I don't think that my and I have like two or three things that I'll search, but like I don't think that my porn activity would construct a very clear picture of who I am. And I'm, and I think my overall digital self would probably construct like a less clear picture than a lot of people who are more active on, you know, social media over like the past like decade. Like I got off 
Twitter, my Twitter was active for a long, for like four years, 2010 to 2014. That's probably the clearest picture of me that you could paint with my like digital self. But nah, I would say that my digital, my digital self, you it would just be music, bro. It would be how we rocking. Like that's how that's what you would find. You would just find yeah. endless just music all over the place. Like comments on music, arguments in music, comments on <laughs> YouTube, or Reddit. Like, yeah, you would just find music, bro. What have you seen? Social dilemma. Mm, no, but I, I I get the gist. I think you should watch it, and even if it's a lot of a lot of it is information that you've you know, especially as people that aren't as on the internet. A lot of the reasons you're not on there are the reasons that they explain as part of um, the downfall of the social dilemma and internet and influence and and um, social media in particular. A lot of those reasons are things that you've already thought about, but it's always very interesting when you hear the people that created them talk about it. And also you hear the specifics in the the manners in which they impact the brain and the way that we act on it in the sense that when you are not even doing anything, for, for, the, for instance, if you're just scrolling past something, it already is that that scrolling a lot of people presume and this is how it was explained is that a lot of people presume that when you're scrolling what comes next is something that's already been placed there when in fact it's an algorithm that is configuring itself again and again with each swipe so that the next thing that pops up is something that's specifically tailored to you and the adverse effect that it has on that is that one it's consistently learning your patterns of what you're looking at and two the things that are being put put there are things that are almost perfectly curated to be able to grab your attention and your your attention span because that's the commodity at this point so you know it's just interesting that even if we're not choosing something our lack of choice is still information that is utilized to to target and market to us yeah and i think right that that picture that it constructs of you um at a certain point, if you give it enough data for it to become really accurate, then it becomes an issue of your privacy, right? Like, personally, I've, I've, I've always been like, oh, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you know, even, even like from the time that it was like, the first time my phone, when I first opened it, was like, scan your fingerprint. Like, scan your second fingerprint. I'm like, what you need yeah, a tool yeah. for? Like, I, <laughs> I always plan on having this finger, my nigga. <laughs> like, I don't know what you, you know what I mean? Scan, like, your whole hand, you know what I mean? Scan your, like, face, like, and just put it, put it where, you know what I mean? As somebody who's just, as a black man who's conscious of the fact that I've never been fingerprinted by the police, like, why would I give up my fingerprints to, like, Apple or Samsung, like, without yeah. knowing where this is going, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, and we do make those little sacrifices, but, um, I think my 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 major my major point was that I've been I've played that very close to the chest. So when I see my algorithm, it tries and sometimes it like, you know, it requests stuff that's dope, but I can see it grasping at the straws of little new searches that I do in different places. So like one thing you can do, right, is like it sucks because Google is so convenient, but you can use DuckDuckGo. It's a different yes. search engine that doesn't track your search habits, right? So all the stuff I'll like, I'll search mostly on DuckDuckGo unless like it's really a hassle to find something. And then I'll search on Google. And as soon as I, whatever I search on Google, I see my Instagram and all that stuff for that. You know what I mean? Which is to me kind of like a little satisfying, like, haha, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're still trying to, I see you 
see trying. It, you know what I mean? At least. So it's not, and, and I think that's what, that's all you can do at this point, right? This, that's all you can encourage people to do is just to be conscious of it, right? Be conscious of the fact that you're constantly being sold. People are always trying to sell you something. Even when you're watching TV, even when you're watching HBO, even when you're watching the news, somebody is always trying to sell you something. And that doesn't mean that everything is bad or everything that is evil that you shouldn't watch Transformers or Bad Boys 7 or Fast and the Furious 403. But like, you're always being sold Sprite, a car, you know, you know what I mean? Like just Something. because we, and we see it, you know, but know that, know that that's in everything in our culture. We've completely commodified our entire culture, right? So you gotta, and you gotta recognize that. And as the, and recognize that this right here is a part of that. This is their main line, their main connection to you. And it's about selling you and spending your money and figuring out who you are and figuring out how to sell you things. So just know that yeah. every time you pick this up, just know it. That's all you can do now. Just Bro, do you ever find yourself running into the same four corners of the places you, of the, of the sites you go to on your phone or on your internet? Like, it seems like one would assume despite how big the internet is, you, you could, you know, explore the many different, the many different corners of it. But it seems that dudes are now just trapped into a small routine of things that they go. So I remember when the internet was first kicking, things like stumble upon were just wild sites, just leading you in different directions. And, you know, you had Reddit out here shooting, even Twitter was just an exploration into a whole different uh all these different options of the internet but i think with like these mega companies coming in one of the effects of that is that since everything is bought up by the biggest companies eventually you just placed in a a triangle of places you go to people go to it's youtube instagram facebook maybe and spotify now and you know uh, some of these dsps now take some of that time but for the most part those four things those those four corners are where most of us end up running to I think, well, I think a big part of that is, again, your phone, right? So on your phone, and especially on your iPhone, you're restricted to a certain amount of apps that are approved by Apple to be on your phone. So you're allowing Apple to dictate what the device that you carry around every day has on it. Now, you have a lot of freedom in that, but the ones that are come pre-installed on your phone... I mean, that's pretty, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it comes pre-installed on your phone, that's like attaching uh, that app to you. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Automatically out the box, right? As they say. So you, unless, and, and that's, and that's what our entire, like the second half of what we've done with our culture, we've commodified everything for convenience, right? So convenience. people, especially people who seek out the simplicity <laughs> of something like the iPhone, right? Like, they don't want to have to search for a whole bunch of different apps to dictate their experience. Instagram is already on their phone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so boom, I got that, right? Like, I might have to download TikTok and... Does Instagram you, come on iPhones? I'm pretty sure it comes installed. I'm pretty sure. Maybe not, but it ain't... It, but when you go to the app store, guess what? I, I guarantee you, when you open up a brand new iPhone and you go to the app store, I guarantee Instagram you Instagram right makes sure it's on the front page. Instagram nice. and Messenger, I guarantee you, are right there. Right there, and yeah. Most downloaded, top picks, whatever, recommended Always. for new users. Uh, yeah, right yeah. there. All of that, right? all that. There's probably so a whole economy behind that, too. 
I'm sure. And they're putting, I mean, there, there is a whole economy behind what is on the first page of yeah, anything. App Store, what's on the first page of Spotify, what's on the, mm. but not Reddit, right? And so there are certain spaces, but you have to be, again, knowing and seeking out these spaces, right? And being willing to go beyond what they, what they give you, right? And that's extra work. That's extra, you know, people are caught between, I don't want to be on my phone anymore. So I don't want to learn how to do different things with it and be in different spaces right so i'm just going to bounce around these four things so it's like you're it's a catch-22 right you have to you have to learn more about phones and think more about your phone in order to distance and change your relationship with it in different ways you you said before the podcast that you had a topic in mind that was a a hail mary topic and i've been thinking about that i'm kind of interested in what that topic might be oh it's not it's not like a it's not a hail mary it's just a really it's just a conversation that really like damn struck me um and shout out lavani because it was a conversation that i had with her that she brought to me so if we want to dive into that that is and i'm reading a um an Atlantic article, and I think there's a Guardian article as well about askers versus guessers, right? Go on. And, and essentially, it's delineating two like um, frameworks of thought that people are taught, usually uh, by their family, but also by like their community and the society around them, right? So, uh, in some families and I'm reading the article, you grow up with the expectation that it's okay to ask for anything at all, but you gotta realize that you might get no for an answer. This is ask culture. In guest culture, you avoid putting a request into words unless you're pretty sure the answer will be yes. Guest culture depends on a tight net of shared expectation. A key skill is putting out delicate feelers. If you do this with enough subtlety, you won't even have to make the request directly. You'll get an offer. Even then, the offer may be genuine or pro forma. It takes yet more skill and delicacy to discern whether you should accept. Oh, that's the black experience right there. <laughs> oh, that's the black experience right there. Listen, dude, if you've never had to find a way to get your cousin to ask your mom if they can stay over, dude, then you don't know what that feeling is like. You, there's all sorts of delicacy around that. <laughs> I'm glad that struck a chord with you too. I'm glad that struck a chord with you too, because yeah, that's, <laughs> when I was hearing that, it, I immediately thought back to like, you know, uh, just a whole bunch of childhood interactions where like in non-interactions, right? So like going to the store to, because it was, you know, my cousin's or a friend of mine's birthday and we're going to go to, you know, we're going to go pick him out, you know, a little set of, toy soldiers or like a small Lego box or some stuff like that and going up in there and being like, and just knowing like, that's not your birthday. Don't <laughs> ask for nothing. The audacity. <laughs> you know, Don't you dare. Don't yeah, if, you it's dare. Not, if it's not Christmas or your birthday, like, or you don't have like a reason if it's not a book, like, you know what I mean? Like you're not, you're not going to get like, you know, or at least, at least do something or, like propose something that you will do to say why you deserve 
you know, this. With the PowerPoint, right? son, if you can. With the PowerPoint. Oh, I got a dog. I had to power get a PowerPoint to get Dude, a dog. Dude, I got a PowerPoint to get a skateboard, Pip. Listen, I've been around those streets. Dude, 16 slides. <laughs> 16 Bruh, slides. That's the extreme of that's the extreme of guest culture when you know better than to just ask. And you extreme and you know that the only way to even make it seem like there's a reasonable suspicion that you might get what you want is to put together a PowerPoint, dog. That's like that's the bro, black experience, dude. You should like, see my PowerPoint was so on point, dude. My PowerPoint started with welcome mom and dad. Yo, you had pictures. Politeness. I had pictures in that also the white reasons I need a skateboard. All sorts of white folks on skateboards going crazy. <laughs> Time outside. <laughs> nah, Pip. Listen, we all had the same childhood is what it is. Yeah. The same childhood, dude. That is hilarious. But, like, you know what I think about now, dude, is that you have to raise a black kid with that, especially a black man. Like, it's because I don't think it was a thing of affordability now that I look back on it, particularly. I think it was more so a thing of having a young black man be be prepared for the reality that just because he wants something, you won't get it. He has to work hard for it to happen because that's the reality of the black experience is that you cannot just walk around entitled. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it, I think another part of that is, yeah, you have to also develop what they were referring to in the article as those feelers, right? To like be able to assess any situation, especially when you're dealing with white people and to know first, you 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 always got the feelers out for like, all right, is this person racist? Is this person gonna give me a fair yeah. shake? Is this person looking to do me harm because I'm black? Like, like no, are they like trying to say something like slick? Like there's always, you know what I mean? You 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 have to develop like that sense of protection to know what's going on around you. you know I mean? <laughs> I'm still laughing at the fact that we <laughs> we had the same PowerPoint slides. Big facts, big facts. Yeah, Go outside. Yeah. Oh, outside was the trade-off. G. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. No, but that's real, bro. You have to you have to develop those that like understanding, like and so I think I think a lot of a lot of black folks do impart that aspect of guest culture into their uh, <laughs> into their raising their kids. But I think there's also a certain aspect of like ass culture being important too, in terms of like closed mouths don't get fed, right? Yeah, and so yeah. you have to. I think black folks are always playing that balance of you know, well, especially folks that you know, need or that are low income or that, you know, are in situations where, you know, I got to get as much as I can from every day. Right. But I mm. also have to walk this thin line because somebody might take me getting excited or raising my voice as aggressive and then I'm in trouble. Right. Yeah. But I need to be aggressive to get this money. I need to be aggressive to take care of my family. I need to, you know, actually, actually hustle. So how do I, constantly navigate both of those two. I think being intersectional in any different way, right? Whether that's being a woman, whether that's being, you know, LGBTQ, whether that's, you know, um, even just being a minority in any sense in your in your community, you develop that that extra peripheral sense. But I think it's really 
can you see other ways that that might like impact your life right i mean for sure b and the more i think about it right especially hearing you explain the specific ways especially like how to manage your how to manage your your excitement and 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 your your aggressive pursuit for self betterment and how to read rooms really i start to think that it almost is responsible to not raise a child that way particularly a black man that way i think those are things that i might incorporate myself in the sense of having some having this young version of myself just be like why why is it and and prove it to me that it's something that is worth you having because if you walk around just expecting to have the 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 way you respond to that disappointment from a young age is always a tantrum right and if that is any indication of how your rea- your response is going to be as a as a man later the repercussions of that are almost deadly you know almost deadly i had a conversation with a friend this weekend and you know he's he's a he's a big dude my homeboy i think 6364 is a big dude but he was saying how important it is as a man to know the right the right way to react to to situations right is that you got to be a a confident man but you also can be a jumpy man but more just being a jumpy man is something that can that can get you into the repercussions are deadly yeah. i mean the basis of nigger moments are that yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> and and yeah i think it i think right there what you just said speaks to another thing that that leads to right ass culture and guest culture just leads to like a variety of misunderstandings right mm-hmm. so even even if you think about right how people might interpret it as rude of you to ask certain questions like you know what i mean like like if we if we if we were uh like when we just met as friends right if i wanted to crash over your place first if like i needed to if i needed a place to stay right for some people you know they might if i needed a place to stay they might just say hey bro i need a i can i stay at your crib now you might take that depending on if you're a ass culture person you might be like okay well i feel comfortable with them asking i could say yes or no right if you're a guest culture person you might feel like well like you put me in a uncomfortable position yeah. by asking because i feel like you wouldn't have asked unless you felt like i would should would or should say yes so now whether however i feel about it you know i'm uncomfortable i w- we should have had more of a subtle back and forth about mm. it before you, you you know what i'm saying and that could lead to lots of misunderstandings in terms of friendships and also in terms of relationships right and also and especially like uh casual encounters right you know what i mean mm. in some cases i see what you're alluding to walk us walk us through what i'm alluding to cuz my girlfriend asked me for a lot of shit man and you know what i'm saying and it <laughs> I, I just hope she'd guess a little more <laughs> word word your wallet huh your wallet is your wallet is is guest culture right <laughs> got a guest wallet <laughs> and my time is ask culture bro Got it. Got My time is as culture. Nah, nah, nah. I'm just playing. Man. I'm just playing. But let me let me toss the question back to you in terms of as culture and guest culture. How do you think? What do you think is the most appropriate for you as a person now? I think 
I think you need, I think you need both. And I think it was, I mean, the reason the article like really struck me was I had never heard it framed like that before. And I think that's a very useful, like psychological tool to navigate the world with, right? Understanding and trying like, you know, not that you want to pigeonhole everybody into, you know, one thing or another, but that's a good, that's a useful framework for me in interactions to being like, if I, if I want to build a relationship with somebody to know whether they prefer to, if they're the type of person who, if I want something from them or to do something with them, or, you know, if they prefer me to just ask and they feel comfortable saying no, or if they would prefer for there to be a more subtle back and forth before, you know, different types of requests are made, like whether or not whatever preference I have, you know, I can choose to or not to interact with somebody, you know, based on how much effort I have to put into that. But I think it's a useful, I think it's a useful tool. I think in relationships, especially, and I think it'd be a useful thing to teach, especially young men about relationships, right? Like, no, if you're like, courting a young lady a young woman or you know whatever like if you're looking for a significant other and you're trying to engage this person in romance right or even anything sexual like that's a that's a important thing to know before you try and do anything sexual with a person you should know at least what they prefer to be asked of course you of course ask first right but like you that's something that you should know if you don't know that about a person that you're about to have sex with Mm -hmm. then you might be misinterpreting what's going on. So that mm, should be something mm. that's in your mind, right? Do I do I know at least whether this person prefers, have I thought about whether this person is an ask person or a guest person? And if, oh, I, if they're person. an ask person, have I asked them about what's going on? And if they're a guest person, have I been paying attention to this back and forth? Right. It's, it's one of those things where... I'll put it this way. The older I grow, the more I realize the importance of that, as you said, in relationships, but also in business, especially when it comes to ask culture, you know, I think the ability to be able to cut straight through being able to read a room and knowing the right time to cut straight through with the question is a way to increase efficiency when it comes to business. A lot of times people overthink and overanalyze situations. It's interesting because outside of that, regardless of your background, you might be an ass person or a guest person, but a lot of times when it comes to business, you see a lot of people retreat into into uh, overthinking and being trapped in just the process of overthinking when in fact the solution comes from a very direct and simple yes or no question. So, you know, it, I'm just, it's just interesting to see the different ways that it plays. The older I get, the definite, definitely the more of an, of an ass person I become in realizing that if I am true to the character that I am and I treat people responsibly around me, then I don't have to necessarily care about, not, not, let me not say care, but it is out of my control the way that people react. If I have confidence in the ways that I react with things, then I can easily jump into just straight asking culture and not necessarily be too worried about if I'm being off kilter or something with somebody else. No, I think that, I mean, I'm really glad that you said that too. I think in business, ask culture is a really important skill to learn, right? I mean, even when it comes to the initial getting hired, asking for negotiating your salary, right? And once you are hired, asking, right, for a raise or for a promotion, right? Being very clear about what your intentions are for advancement. I think that's huge. 
I think business as well as with my peers, I think, yeah, I think I've become more of an ask person. I've become a little bit more direct. Um, I think about my work and a lot of my work I spend around like either people that are a lot older than me or, you know, trying to help out like youth that are like a decent amount, just young enough for there to be a generational gap. And I feel like in those spaces, I'm a lot more of a guest person, right? I, I defer to the older folks and the elders, kind of let them lead and then, you know, just kind of continue to be respectful, almost mimicking that same familial household relationship that I had with my parents, right? Um, especially the black folks, right? I try not to be, I try to be a little bit more direct and ask with white folks just because that's the, that's, that's what y'all gonna get. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's no, we don't have that same elder connection, right? Um, and a lot of times when I'm dealing with white folks nowadays, it is in a, in a, uh, more just like business capacity when I do have to deal with them. Um, so, and then I think, yeah, when I deal with kids, it's a lot more of that guest culture, right? Just trying to be, build that relationship, trying to build trust, right? With, with younger kids, right? Trying to just be there and be available and be an ear, right? I think listening involves a lot of guest culture because you, you don't know what questions until you get to know somebody might be triggering, might be traumatic, might be too close to home, might, you know what I mean? So I think um, both of those things play a big role into my life and it's useful, like I said before, to be able to delineate which is which. To merge that. Let me ask you, do you think you're going to discipline your kids on that note? I'm definitely for the discipline. No, 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 no. I mean, are you going to... Are you going to... Beat them? I, those aren't the words I used. That's, Am I going to spank them? Not, dude, I've, never them on the spanked, I've never been spanked. I've never been spanked. I got spanked. I, I, spanked I got beat. I didn't get spanked. I got beat. I mean, yeah, I got spanked with a belt for sure. I got hit on my little ass with a belt. Repeatedly let me let me not even ass. say that. Let me not even put that news out there because this goes out to the internet, and I don't want it to seem as though, you know. But that being said, I got um enthusiastically spanked. Enthusiastic, <laughs> enthusiastically corrected, right? Enthusiastically corrected. So. All right, so right off the rip. If I have a daughter, I can't. I'm never gonna put my hands on her. Yeah. My daughter needs to know from the time that she's born, her entire life, that no man is ever supposed to put his hands on her, ever, yeah. ever. ever. And if you think a man might put his hands on you, you're supposed to let me know or somebody mm. else in their life. So I'm not, I'm not putting her hands on my daughter, right? Um, if I have a son, I have failed if I cannot communicate with him verbally to work out a disagreement between us but if i have a black son it's very possible like that i will there will be times when i have to physically intervene to stop him from doing something that he doesn't yeah. understand might be detrimental to his health because of what he may or may not understand about society so mm -hmm. if i have to step in physically to help my son and to keep my son alive I will do that. You know what I mean? And it's a, that's a very real possibility that you have to face as a black man, right? If you're going to yeah. have a black son, you know, I hope everybody having a black son is prepared for that. Um, <laughs> like a black child is prepared for that. And you might have to do the same thing for your daughter, but I, I, I feel like it's less likely that you'll have to step in and physically intervene in a confrontational way. Right. So yeah. I mean, and, and, and again, I still think in either case, right. If you, if you've, 
if you haven't established a relationship all throughout their childhood that leads you to a point where by the time they're old, they're grown, right? Or even like small, but like you should be able to communicate with them. You're mm-hmm. you're you're failing if you have to resort to physical um, all the time, and we know that because of what we science has taught us. And and well, not even what we went through because I came out all right. I got my ass beat and I came out okay. I came out just fine, right? Yeah. I have. You know, like, I don't really hold a grudge against my parents for the ass weapons I took, and they didn't overdo it. But I think that I don't mean to say that, like, I you're failing if you hit your kids. Um, I think that we know that now with everything that all the studies that have been done about early childhood education. I don't think our parents and our elders had that same knowledge. And I think they had even more fear of what they had to do to keep us in line, to keep us safe. Right. Yeah. So I think I, I, when I say that we're failing, I feel like now knowing what we know, not anybody in the history who has ever hit their kids was failing in doing so. Um, yeah. Yeah. That it's not nece- it's not necessary to to spank your kids. It actually reminds me of a joke that Chris Rock has. I think in Tambourine, he goes, if you don't punch, if you have a black son, you don't punch him in the face every day. <laughs> You're sending about to get killed. <laughs> you know, I think that's fascinating. But yeah, dude, I don't it might be one of those things where. I realize on the journey of being a parent, definitely when you have a daughter, that point that you had mentioned is is extremely, extremely important. And if anything, from a young age, get her into the understanding, get her comfortable with being able to speak up about something like that, being uncomfortable or any type of interaction with any man being uncomfortable. I don't think that's necessarily the solution to everything, but I definitely do think that a lot of men that um, that prey on women are cowards and the quickest thing that stops them is an aggressive stance against it. You know what I mean? So that is something that, and I'm glad you made that point. You know, I've never necessarily thought about it that way, even though it is something I agree with. Um, it's, it's, it's important to put out in that manner, but, yeah, man, we'll we'll see. You know, we're at that age where people are having kids, and and who knows how that goes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's obviously when you don't have kids, you know, what do you know? But I mean, I I imagine, you know, I would seriously consider like teaching my daughter to defend herself, right? Just like yeah. basic, you know, techniques and and training and stuff. Uh, I would teach at a certain age appropriate. I would want my kids to know how to operate a firearm and not because I need them to be gun collecting, gun loving, but like they should know firearm safety. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I, I think that's just a basic thing that people shouldn't, that people should know. You should because like, the reality in life. Yeah, for sure. You the know reality I mean? in this life. I was, when I was talking to my sister, you know, I spoke to her about the same thing about, I'll, I want to teach my, my daughter how to fight and all these different types of things. She was like, listen, there's full blown army women out there who are also getting abused. You know what I mean? So to a certain extent, definitely it's, it's an important skill to learn as a woman. But at the end of the day, like the reality is if somebody wants to do something to you as a woman, more chances than not, they're definitely going to be able to do that. Yeah. But I think it's also, I think it's also important to not make that easy for anybody um, and I think it's also important to like, I think for some women that can be empowering, right? Just knowing, I know for, and for men too, for all types of people, right? It can be empowering to know how to defend yourself. It can be empowering. So even walking down that street in that situation, like, you know, if it happens, I'll rather at least ha- want to know some type of combination that I might try rather than just to be flailing my arms and screaming. Yeah. You know what I mean? I might yeah, want yeah. 
hit him with the dragon fist and the twist at least you know what i mean just to just to give him just to give him some pause about you know catching these paws you know what i'm saying so and that's me thinking still as a man but i would i mean i yeah you're right the reality is that men are physically stronger than women but i think there's there's nothing wrong with teaching every everybody and anybody to defend themselves from people who might want to do them harm um i agree you know? i agree i agree with that i agree with that um bro we've been rocking for easily over an hour i think we're approaching on 120 um freestyle off the top of the head through and through through and through we ha- we had notes that we wanted to put down but you know i what i do want to do is is reserve some of this energy again for 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 the next episode for the next part for post production i think we gave people a good spoonful so if i can kindly ask you to to land us unless there's anything else on your chest that you'd like to get off no i think i'm good i think i'm i think i'm good not a lot of music came out this past week um, no a lot of music a lot of music came out this past week for real what dropped this past week a lot of music came out um this past week we had and i'll tell you right now um uh, c dot honcho h5 um walk by faith al camino welcome to old block king von Wizkid made in Las Vegas, made in Lagos. ASAP 12, you dropped an album. Comentazine dropped something, um, and obviously the 20th anniversary Stanktonia deluxe version. If you haven't read Stanktonia, back do that, man. That's that's hip hop. That's a hip hop classic right there. Hey, I gotta check out that 12. That sounds dope. 12e's not bad, man. 12e slowly emerging to be one of my favorite. Um, ASAP members, very consistent. You know, we've been on 12 before a minute. Um, it's a decent project. Um, uh, the Alchemist dropped something else. I haven't ran that through yet, but I'm 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 looking to run that. Rich Kid and NBA Young Boy, but uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, don't know I mean, there's a there's a conversation that we had about Vaughn that we were speaking about earlier this week, um, but. We can save a little bit of that sauce. We can save a little bit of that sauce. Hey, y'all, man, happy Halloween out there, bro. Um, you know, love yours. Reach out to your loved ones, man. Figure out what y'all going to do. Find ways to stay connected over this holiday uh, in safe ways. Um, man, it is time, is, time is flying. Time is flying. But we are on the, we are on the verge, you know, mm-hmm. of some type of shift. So either things going things gonna to go our way in this election and we're going to be you know, hopefully getting back to being based on science, dealing with people in office that are at least responsive to logic. Um, and if not, then you know what it is. We're getting more organized. We're getting more fiercely articulate. Um, we're getting, we getting, we getting ready for a revolution, yo. So, you know, in all types of ways. So we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. We know. We know. We know. You got too many options when it comes to listening to a podcast, but we appreciate Way too y'all. too many. Live, man. We appreciate y'all. Every single one of y'all, no matter how many one of how many ones of y'all there is, we appreciate y'all. We know you come to this place because we know it is live in a sense that we are celebrating life, live in a sense that we are celebrating celebrations. We are celebrating blackness. We are celebrating y'all. We are gonna celebrate the holidays too. We about to celebrate this win, hopefully next week. And if not, we got y'all anyway. Anyway, like that. It's peace. It's love. It's water. We gone.